What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Movie Crush. Charles W. Chuck Bryant here in New York City and not Pont City Market, Atlanta, Georgia. I'm at CDM Studios in New York, uh, which, by the way, thanks to you guys. They always take great care of me here in New York City. It's our partner studio. And uh, this is number two of five for the New York Sessions. Uh, the wonderful, lovely, talented Brooke Adams, uh, wife of Tony Shalhoub, who I had just before her. They were kind enough to both book interviews with me, uh, thanks to my good friend Jim. And uh, it worked out great. And Brooke is just so wonderful and charming. And she indulged me quite a bit because Days of Heaven, uh, her movie from 1978 with uh, the great Terrence Malick movie with Sam Shepard and Richard Gere is one of my favorite, favorite all-time movies. Uh, and I knew if I ever got a chance to talk to, to Brooke that I would pepper her with questions. And she was kind enough to indulge that. And then after the interview, I realized I didn't even talk to her about the dead zone or invasion of the body snatchers um, from 1978, 1983, two of the great, great movies as well. Uh, but maybe another day. Uh, but Brooke was wonderful. And her pick was Waiting for Guffman, which I was really excited to talk about because it's one of my favorite all time comedies for sure. Uh, and I was gave me the opportunity to watch it again. For I don't even know how many times I've seen that movie, uh, but many, many times, but I always find something new in it. So uh, that was her pick for reasons um, that you will see uh, growing up in uh, community theater. So it hit very close to her heart, which was uh, kind of a fun, fun angle on that one. So here we go with Brooke Adams on Waiting for Guffman. Theatrical, mm-hmm. crazy people. <laughs> 
I wanted to be a theatrical crazy person on my own. Where was that? Where did you go? New York City. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I always love talking to native New Yorkers. Yeah. And so you, where'd you, what part of New York? The Upper East Side. We mm-hmm. lived in a brownstone on 89th between York and East End. Wow. So we went to Carl Schertz Park, uh-huh. you know, where the mayor's house is. Uh-huh. And uh, we went to school at the Church of the Heavenly Rest Day School, which is also right up. It's on 5th and 90th where our daughter just got married. Oh, wow. And then we went to Dalton. Mm-hmm. And then we kept running in, just in front of the de- the people we owed the money to right <laughs> or these expensive schools so right. we one step ahead of the i ended up in public high school the high school of performing arts in the dance department oh <clears throat> and is that the fame school yeah wow yeah that's pretty neat it was neat what was that like just like the movie <laughs> really <laughs> well we dance in the lunchroom uh-huh. i mean it was really yeah it was wow. fun it was a fun place boy that's amazing um was your family in entertainment at all or yeah. interested in that? Oh, yeah, both oh, okay. of them. My father was a producer. He oh, had a wow. summer theater um, every year when I was growing up. And then later he started doing children's theater in and around New York. Uh-huh. He had a company called the Part Foundation, which I guess was performing art repertory theater or something. But it was a uh, – it's still going, actually. Now it's called Theater Works. Mm-hmm. And it's children's theater – Mostly about preludes to greatness, about famous people like young Abe Lincoln. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. What a cool legacy, too. Um, so was there any ever doubt for you of what you were going to do? Well, th- there could have been doubt, but there was certainly no planning. Um, mm-hmm. I never went to college. My parents didn't even seem to think it was something we should consider. I never even took an SAT. It was just like, oh, well, right. we're going to be actors, so we'll just. Yeah, that would just. Waste Move four right years. away to <laughs> waitressing tables. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Um, so uh, <clears throat> did uh, did you grow up going to movies in New York? And, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Where? Uh, 86th Street uh-huh. in Lexington. There used to be a big RKO cinema there. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I saw my first movie, uh, The Ten Commandments. Oh, wow. Yeah. At what age? That's kind of a heavy one. <laughs> yeah, I know. For and a kid. I, it wasn't like we were religious or anything. It mm-hmm. was... Yeah, um, I think a friend of my parents took me. I was about seven. Right, wow. Yeah. And you sat through it. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos for that. Um, well, since I have you, I cannot help but talk a little bit about uh, one of my probably top three movies of all time, uh, Days of Heaven. Uh-huh. Um, it is, and I, we, I was at Jim Ice's wedding. Oh. Uh, and and. My wife made me promise not to uh, assault you uh-huh. and pepper you with questions. And so I didn't then, but uh, now this oh, seems like the right venue. <laughs> uh, just one of the best, one of my favorite movies ever. One of the best movies ever made, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, and I do have a few specific questions, okay. if you'll indulge me. Sure. Um, and they're kind of just nerdy uh, production questions in one way. Sure. But um the whole movie looks like it was shot between the hours of 6.30 and 8 p.m. It was. You know, that Absolutely. magic hour, of course. Yeah. It, it was that? Yeah, we waited for magic hour every day pretty much. Really? Yeah. We wouldn't wait for anything else. Like if it was snowing and it was supposed to be August, which it was, mm-hmm. we'd shoot anyway. Love the snow, mm-hmm. you know. But 
Made for a long shoot, probably, huh? Um, you know, we did a lot of reshooting later. The actual shoot wasn't all that long. Mm-hmm. I have a bad sense of time, so I couldn't tell you how long exactly. But it wasn't, you know, there was so little dialogue. Right. And there was, um, it was just, it was really about the visuals. Mm-hmm. And um, we and had great narration, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Which we did much later. Mm-hmm. Literally at Terry Malick's house with Linda sitting underneath a blanket. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, he said, just tell me what you think the story was about. Really? Yeah. So was that improvised or? Kind of. I mean, Terry is a great writer and he wrote a beautiful script. Mm-hmm. The original script, it was like a Thomas Hardy novel. Right. And every time we opened up our mouths in the rehearsal mm-hmm. room, he'd say, oh, oh, no, don't say that. Ah, oh, no, don't say that, which didn't give us all a lot of confidence. But right. anyway, that's when it became a very visual, mm-hmm. not very verbal movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he just, he loved that sort of authentic, off-kilter kind of, um, you know, Nothing too literary and not nothing right. too on the nose. Mm-hmm. So it was always he'd say, you know, just go, mm. Or, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, or just or don't even make the sound, just do this with your chin. Right. You know. Well, there's so much in the faces and uh it's I think that's a quality that you don't see a ton anymore, which is to let a movie take its time. Yeah. To not spell it all out. Uh, the way the story unfolds in Days of Heaven is just so languid and yeah. um, just such a beautiful movie. Uh, what was the casting process like for that? Oh, it was endless. I auditioned, I don't know, maybe 10 times. Wow, really? First time I auditioned, I was uh, put on film by the uh, casting director, Gino. I know his name, but I've forgotten it at the moment. And he didn't like me, and he mm-hmm. wasn't going to show Terry. But we were they were sitting there looking at some of the other people, and he sort of sped past me, and Terry said, wait, 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 who is that? So that's how I even was considered. Now, was this your first first big movie? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then it became audition after audition, because it was going to be John Travolta was going to do the Richard Gere role. Really? Yes. Interesting. And so he would pair me up with John, uh-huh. and then he'd pair me up with Richard, and then just tons of, tons of auditions. And I became completely superstitious and thought, I have to wear this ring if uh-huh. I'm going to get the, you know, <laughs> it was just madness. And then I didn't get it. Oh, wow. And he hired Genevieve Bujol to do the role. I don't think I know who that is. French actress. Okay. You might ask, with a French accent, which made the story a little more complicated. How are they going to pretend to be brother and sister and all that? Uh But actually, Genevieve Bujol and I look a little bit alike. Uh So um, he hired her and he and Richard and she, we also lost John Travolta because they wouldn't let him out of Welcome Back, Cotter. (laughs) (laughs) That's something. (laughs) <laughs> and uh so I know I'm sure John wasn't very happy about that. No, but Richard um, Gere was so great in it. Yeah. And John would have been great too. I mean, mm-hmm. he has a kind of anyway. Um but Richard was fantastic. And 
And uh, so he hired this woman and, and they went out to the beach. And the next thing I knew was he fired her. Oh, wow. She had been, I don't know the story. I shouldn't say this on the air, but apparently they didn't get along. Gotcha. And so he called me in. Wow. Serendipity, huh? Yeah, serendipity and, you know, getting the leftovers. Mm-hmm. Well, shoot. <laughs> thank goodness I did. <laughs> yeah, I was so happy to do it. I knew when I was auditioning for it that this was going to be a classic. Oh, that's I what I was going to ask. Knew. Yeah, because um, Terrence Malick certainly at the time had done Badlands, but he hadn't garnered that reputation yet. He was still young in his career. Yeah. So it's not like you knew you were walking into a master class. No. But I somehow knew it. I, I Maybe it was the fact that Terry was so hush-hush about, you know, you weren't allowed to say the name. Oh, really? Which was fine because I could never remember the name after the audition. I'd say, oh, it has a heaven in it, uh-huh. but I don't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, he was he was very much the auteur with the secret. And mm-hmm. maybe that's what made me know it was going to be a big hit. I don't know. I just thought this is, oh, and I just wanted to be in those... 1910 clothes. Right. Well, the look was just amazing. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.
Uh, and that was another kind of nerdy question is uh, just the equipment in the movie, the farming equipment. Yeah. Was, how, how are they doing that? Because it was so authentic. Like, were these real machines that ran? Yeah. Yeah, they were. And we were also working in Alberta, Canada, where those were all Hutterites. Uh, a lot of them oh. did not even have to get into costume, and they uh-huh. looked perfectly okay. They were all farmers of that. It was the last hay that was going to be brought in because the movie had been pushed back and uh-huh. pushed back. So we had to shoot it there. And um, and they were all there, and I think maybe some of those machines were theirs. Right. Because they lived a very simple, you know, Hutterites wow. are like Mormons or not Mormons, but, you know, uh, Quakers, yeah, talking, that uh, whole thing. Right. <laughs> and so they were in the film and they their equipment was too. Huh. Well, that explains it. After all these years, I probably could look that up, but this is much better to find out from your mouth. <laughs> well, I could be wrong too. <laughs> Just a warning. No, I mean, I, I can it. tell you that they were authentically there, but I uh-huh. don't know whether they had to get the – Props from some prop house in L.A. It's possible. Right. And the whole thing was shot in Canada? Yeah. Now, did they build that house? Yes. Wow. Jack Fisk. Oh, right. The yeah. Great, yeah, that's right. They they worked together on Many pretty much times. everything, right? They did. Yep. Uh-huh. Badlands was such a great movie. Right. I which is where he met movie. his wife, I think, right? Well, then his wife. Not, oh, you mean Jack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jack Sissy's and Sissy. Basic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I watched that one not too long ago because uh, the guest dropped out, but their pick was Badlands. And uh-huh. I've seen all those movies, Days of Heaven and Badlands, so many times. Uh-huh. But um, I can't believe they built that house. That's amazing. Yeah, it was so beautiful. Yeah, and just yeah. out there, I mean, the whole – it was so striking that um, that house just out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and Sam Shepard is this kind of uh, visionary uh, – you know, you could tell one day it would be this great estate, right. but it was just so new Yeah, uh, out there in the middle of nowhere in a field. It was right. just so crazy looking. With the couch in the field. And yeah, the, yeah, it was so neat. Yeah. Oh, one of my favorite movies. Uh, and what was Terrence Malick like back then? Well, he was fun. He was very funny, but he was also kind of a taskmaster. He, um, he didn't, I would say... He didn't have the greatest way with actors. Okay. I think I've heard that. Um, I mean, I loved him. We all really loved him. We mm-hmm. all got along and we laughed a lot. But he didn't know how to communicate what he needed to right. actors. So what he would do is, these are the things I remember specifically. He told Richard that he didn't believe anything he was saying. Oh, wow. He told me that I should just do whatever he says and don't ask any questions. Mm-hmm. He told Sam, he said, you promised you would be good in this movie. It was all of our first oh my movies. Gosh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he told Linda that if she didn't do it right, he'd shoot her. Oh, my God. I mean, with a sense of humor. Yeah. But, Intimidating. But though. he was serious. Uh-huh. And we were all incredibly uptight as a result. Right. And maybe that works for the movie. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that was everyone's kind of. One of their first films, if not their first, right? Yeah. That's an interesting approach to casting. Yeah. I think he didn't want, you know, people that were recognized. It sounds like it, yeah. yeah. And, of course, uh, by the time it came out, Richard was already recognizable from, by Mr. Good, looking for Mr. Goodbar. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Linda Mand, was that her name? Yeah. Oh, she was just so wonderful. Yeah. That voice and that narration just makes that, puts yeah. that movie over the top. Yeah. 
so great. Do you keep up with uh, any of them? Or? Not really, really, no. I was heartbroken when Sam died. Yeah. But I hadn't seen him in years. And right. Richard, too, I haven't seen. I think as film fans, we all want to think that you all, you know, are pen pals and yeah. have lunch together once a year. But yeah. I understand the reality of it. <laughs> well, maybe other type of actors would be doing that. I'm not very good at following through on. Oh, really? Not okay. really, no. <laughs> um. All right. Well, we can go ahead and get into Waiting for Guffman. Okay. Which I watched on the plane for the probably 30th time. Uh-huh. Um, no matter how many times I've seen a movie, I always try to watch it right before we uh-huh. do these interviews. Yeah. I um, watched it too. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, that always helps. Yeah. I appreciate you doing that. Uh, I remember my first experience seeing this. Um, I was actually living up here, and I saw it at the Angelica. Uh-huh. And it was a big kick for me because uh, Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins sat right behind me. Uh-huh. And uh, that was just always uh, – I was much younger then and was in my 20s and seeing movie stars out for the, one of the first times in New York. It was uh, kind of cool. Right. And um, it's just such a funny movie. Uh. What, what Do you remember your first experience with it? When you saw it for the first time? I think time? I saw it in a movie theater in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe my sister was with me. And she and I both grew up in this theatrical world mm-hmm. that is what this movie right. just gets so brilliantly. <laughs> and we yeah. just howled. Mm-hmm. And I've had that experience. And then I go back to look again, and it's just not funny. And this one, when I saw it again, I thought, oh, it still makes me laugh so hard. It it is so, so funny. So funny. I mean, and for me personally, it is my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is... um, I have have to write down names because I'm terrible with names, but, oh, Louis Arquette. Uh Uh-huh. He does the intro to the Play yeah, that Mr. Mr. Woolley. Yeah, he's the narrator. The, of the narrator, play. Uh-huh. and that part so took me back to my father's children's theater. Oh, I mean, it was really. It sounded just like the narrator of any one of those plays. Mm-hmm. So funny and heartbreaking. The whole thing breaks my heart. Right. Well, there's an earnestness to it that I yeah. think um, I've seen in interviews where Christopher Guest talked about his inspiration for this was seeing his kids in a play. Um, that was not very good, but how earnest everyone was and how hard they were trying and how they thought they were great. Uh-huh. And he just thought that that was a, a pretty rich world to create yeah, one of his It is. Uh, and as I said, when we grew up in summer theater, so we were doing weak stock of musicals, mm-hmm. which is mayhem. I mean, it was just like this. Right. You're pulling together this thing in seven days, and then when once you open, you, you're rehearsing the other one and then it comes in and you know it's crazy mm-hmm. and it was exactly like this movie so earnest and so my sister still says i think they were as good as any broadway show you could see but right. i can't imagine <laughs> that that's true well it has such um it, it's one of my favorite things in movies uh is or comedies like this is when they're not afraid to be silly and to make what I call dumb jokes, but I say that with uh, endearingly. Yeah. Um, sometimes a dumb joke can just be the perfect thing. Yeah. And it really starts off in that very first scene when they're looking at the miniature of the town, planning out the porta potties, uh-huh. <laughs> and the guy makes the joke about having snipers on the roof, 
which is such a silly notion <laughs> to have. He's, we can put a gun here. We can put a gun here. Oh, <laughs> and it's I just, know. it's just hits Hilarious. that tone right out of the gate. Yeah. Which is so wonderful. And when, um, Christopher Guest as, what's his name? Corky St. Clair. The Corky, yeah. of course, <laughs> goes ask them for the money. Right. That scene is just the funniest yeah, thing. Yeah, he needs hundred says, grand. A hundred thousand. And they say, we have 15,000 for the whole year. Right. And that includes swimming, which was such a funny <laughs> addition on that yeah. line. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the Blaine was the, uh, another dumb joke, which is so great. Um, was this the stool capital? <laughs> uh, that play on words, it was just so silly and fun. Uh, the stool boom, uh, or the production, the stage production of backdraft, just all these kind of oh, silly, silly so things silly. that they were doing. So funny. It's great. Uh, so in the cast, of course, um, the great Fred Willard and uh, Catherine O'Hara as, oh, as the lunch. Catherine, uh, yeah. As, uh, who's it? Sheila and Ron, Ron and Sheila. Yeah. I mean, we had always a couple in the summer theater with my father. I was going to ask about that. Always. I'm sure. An odd, very odd couple. They, I remember one couple that had like a toy that they used as their baby that they would talk to, and they <laughs> invite the cast over. We could meet this doll. Oh and, goodness! Yeah, <clears throat> and they'd been doing this. You know, these are people who travel mm-hmm. from show to show, and probably are not much better than right. But that scene where Catherine O'Hara is drunk at the dinner table is the funniest <laughs> drunk scene I've ever seen. She's brilliant. Right. And, of course, the, the another silly reveal of the penis reduction surgery <laughs> that, uh, that, that Ron got. Um, and uh, the great Eugene Levy in this movie oh, yeah. is so, so wonderful as, as the dentist. So uh, funny. With, and wrote it with Christopher Gett. All right. I thought yeah. I thought that was the case. Yeah. And of course, these movies are improvised, so they write these um, robust outlines for the movie. Oh, is that right? There aren't lines. They don't write lines. Right. The, this, oh. this, and Best in Show, um, which I don't know if you've seen Best yes, in Show. Another I have. Great, yeah. You know, I yeah, feel yeah. like these are like a a one-two punch. Yeah, but, but this um, one for me, I guess, because I'm so into theater. Right. And, you know, community theater and that <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. This one for me is just, yeah, it's yeah, the best. Really hits home. Yeah, you know, when I was trying to think of what's my favorite movie, it's a very hard thing to think about. I right. started looking at lots of movies that I thought, oh, I remember that was great. It's an unfair question. Yeah. <laughs> so let's not say it's my favorite movie of all movies. Right. But, that's that's sort of impossible. But I did look up, I did watch Rosemary's Baby, which I remembered as Oh, being. wow. That's a great movie. Uh-huh. But I realized that what in, enthralls me the most in that movie is this Part that John Cassavetes plays where he's an actor who's willing to do let the devil fuck his wife right. for a job, right. for a part. <laughs> so, again, it's the same world that yeah. I know so well. That's funny. That Yeah, boy, that's a, that would have been a that's the opposite of waiting for Guffman Yeah, as far as the pick goes. Um, so Eugene Levy is, is the dentist. He's uh, just so great. And apparently um, Christopher Guest could not even be on screen when he did his eye gag, when he would take off his glasses and <laughs> cross his eye. Yeah, yeah. It would it would break him up every time. Uh-huh. And they all told stories about um, various scenes that they – and because it's improv, they don't want to break a scene if they have something good going. So 
Eugene Levy or Christopher Guest would just kind of slink off camera uh-huh. and disappear and laugh around the corner right. just to kind of keep the scene going, which is great. Uh, and Parker Posey. Oh, she's wonderful in it. She's so, Hilarious. so great in everything, but especially yeah. as Libby May, the Dairy yeah. Queen worker. Uh-huh. Yeah. Such a great character. So great. Uh, so the audition scenes, um, oh. one of the best parts, and I'm sure you or were familiar with kind of this community theater audition process. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did it smack of reality? Oh, completely. Yeah. It's all there's. That's what's funny about it is that there's nothing that's really that unreal mm-hmm. at all. Um. Oh, God, yes. The audition process at my father's summer theater. We used to have the auditions in our bedroom, my sister's <laughs> and mine, because that's where the piano was. Oh, wow. Those were all musicals. So, um. We would be awakened, mm-hmm. if that's the way to say it, you know, at like on a Saturday when we were trying to sleep in by Oklahoma right in our right. bedroom, <laughs> sit up and have to kind of go out of the room with drool on our faces past all the actors who were waiting in the hall. Right. Yeah. To Nervously get to the bathroom. Waiting. Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, and apparently for this, they um, they would decide on the song. Because they needed to have the piano accompaniment, but Christopher Guest said he didn't even want to know what they were going to do for the audition. Uh-huh. Like he knew oh. what the song would be, but not how they would play it. Oh yeah. So oh, they just got so to. Fun. They must have had such a good time. Oh yeah. That. And oh, yeah. Parker Posey with uh, Teacher's Pet. Oh yeah. That little dance she does is just so wonderful. <laughs> and and uh, the shtick of Ron and Sheila together with their matching track suits. And yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, it was really something else. Yeah, they're great. One of my my favorite lines in that audition scene was after Ron and Sheila audition, he asks if he wants to – Fred Willard asks if he wants to move the stool. He says, you want me to strike it? He said, you know, we we worked with Corky. We know some of the terms coming in. <laughs> yeah, like, strike the stool. <laughs> and Bob Balaban, what a great, yes. hilarious character that is. The yeah. resentful uh-huh. musical director <laughs> who wants to direct it. Yeah. Thinks he gets his moment mm-hmm. and then it's even more humiliating. Because everybody in the company goes out to find Corky and bring right. him back. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, because he, uh, well, he kind of makes his, his role clear early on when he says that he, every year up until now, he had always done it himself. Right. But now Corky, of course, is a professional from New York City. So <laughs> <laughs> he has this expertise that he really doesn't have. Uh, there are so many lines from this movie that my wife and I still kind of incorporate yes. into uh-huh. our daily life. And um, one of them is the great Corky line, uh, I'm going to go home and bite my pillow. <laughs> we still say that to each other when one of us is like joking around about being upset. Uh-huh. It's pretty funny. Eventually, they move on to the um, the show itself, which is the last act of the movie. And they had to – they had a real choreographer and um, I think had a, like a week to rehearse, which he said he wanted it to be short. So – it would be realistic as yes. sort of half knowing the dance moves, mm-hmm. so they didn't have to fake half knowing the dance right, moves. Right, um, But they had to learn it a little bit, yeah, uh, to actually get up there and perform uh, Red, White, and Blaine. Uh, oh, right, <laughs> right. And you just, it just seems so real. Oh, and yeah. I think that's the only way this movie works. It does. That's absolutely it. There's never, I mean. You know they know some of it's funny, but they never act like they do or right. 
Yeah. And that's kind of the key, I think. Absolutely. For a lot of comedy. Absolutely. Is uh, there's not a, a nudge and a wink to it. Yeah. He and I know Christopher Guest and and all those mockumentaries he's done wants to play it very straight. Yeah. Uh, that these are real people. I know right. he's always said these are people that exist in the world. Yeah. I'm not making fun of them. Um, I think he, it's sort of a love letter to these people in yeah, a lot I of ways. Yeah, I think so too. If, if you've, if you've grown up in the theater, it is a love mm-hmm. thing. I mean, it's probably why I don't stay connected to all the people that I do movies with is because I would make these families every summer from when I was six years old on. Mm-hmm. And then never see them again until now. Now I run into people that were at my father's theater. Oh, really? Fun, yeah. Oh, that's fun. And they come up to you? Or I recognize them. Oh, really? You know, and now we're the same age. Mm-hmm. I was six at the time and they were adults. And now right. we're the same. <laughs> I know that trick. Yeah. And they're also my same height. They were much taller before, but they've shrunk and I've grown. And right. And you all catch up to one another. Yeah. That's funny. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. So uh, it's sort of an editing masterpiece, I think, when you – I think they ended up having – I have a little trivia bit in here – 58 hours of footage. Wow. Yeah, 58 hours that he had to whittle down to a very lean 90 minutes or so. 
And uh, at one point, he had cut himself out of the movie entirely as Corky. Wow. And Eugene Levy came in and said, you know, what are you doing? If, you know how if you get in that editing room, you can sort of lose yourself yeah, and absolutely. not know which way is up at one yeah. point. And I think it took a, a third eye coming in and saying, you have to be in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I yeah. can't even imagine how they would do it without Corky. No. He, I mean, he's one of the beloved characters yeah. now. Um, I've heard Christopher Guest is very serious in real life, which yeah? is interesting. Yeah. Do you know I him know. at all? Um, no. no. I've met Jamie, and I maybe have met him, but mm-hmm. no, I don't. I think that's true of some comedians. Is it's oh, you, most are you have such the sense, tragic characters. Yeah, you have the sense that they're just always laughing and funny, but he's apparently is a very serious guy. Yeah, it takes his comedy very seriously. Yeah, uh, and of course he wrote the songs with his uh, Spinal Tap cohorts, um, Michael McKeon and oh, Harry yeah. Shearer. Yeah, when it came time to write the musical, they had to take it seriously. Right, and um, even though it's an, an improvised movie. I think they, the only thing that was written out ahead of time were the songs from the musical. Right. So uh, nothing ever happens on Mars and uh, just all these great, great songs <laughs> that uh, as a lover of the movie um, become like real songs to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like every time I see it, I'm singing them to myself. <laughs> oh, well, you've seen it more than I have. I'm not a. Big see a movie a lot of times. Right. Although I have had the experience of hating a movie and going back and loving it more mm-hmm. than one time. Do you don't? Can you remember one like that? Um, Manhattan. Oh wow! Hated it. Then loved it. Then loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that is one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah. A little problematic now because of the nature of the teenage relationship. Yeah. But um. Right. I remember seeing it recently and uh, thinking, he just he should have just put her in college. That would have solved the whole problem. I know, you know. Yeah. And of course, it was a different time, but uh, still, the high school relationship was—it's a bit problematic through today's lens. Yeah, but one of the great, great movies. It is. Um, and there's just so many subtle jokes in Guffman too. Uh, every time it's one of those movies where every time I see it, I pick up on some new little thing in there. Uh-huh. Uh, whether it's in the in the band, the orchestra of the musical, the trumpet player, who also doubles as the kettle drum guy <laughs> yeah, while he's yeah. playing the trumpet. And I'm sure in local theater, you had a lot of that. Yeah. People doing, you know, wearing multiple hats. Sure. I thought they were quite good, that musical group. But I guess our orchestra was really good in my father's summer theater. Too. Right. You know, it's it's less obvious, but maybe just to me because I'm not a musician, but it's less mm-hmm. obvious how amateurish they are. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and these characters are just, uh, I think it's easy to um, to see someone doing maybe not a great job at a local community theater and think, why Why are they wasting their time or what, what are they doing? But to them, it's their, it, it's, it's as their good, yeah, it's their favorite life. Favorite thing in their life. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it, it should be embraced. It's a wonderful thing. It is. Uh, all right. Well, we finished with a couple of quick segments. Um, one called What Ebert Said. This movie is a complete disappointment. I always like to go and see what Roger Ebert thought of these movies. Uh-huh. Uh, he gave this three out of four stars. Not bad. And he says, the movie doesn't bludgeon us with gags. It proceeds with a certain comic relentlessness from setup to payoff. 
and its deliberation is part of the fun. Attention is paid not simply to funny characters and punchlines, but to small nudges at human nature. Some of the laughs are so subtle, you almost miss them. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that kind of nails it. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, it, I mean, it can be broad at certain times, but there's so many just funny, subtle moments yeah. in there. Uh, you have to kind of pay attention, and I love that kind of movie. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, and then we finish with five questions. All right. With Brooke Adams. Do you remember uh, the first movie you saw in the theater? Yes, The Ten Commandments. Oh, well, of course. I-86 Street. I think it was the RKO Cinema or, I don't know, 86th in Lexington. And I was about seven. And do you remember what you thought of it? <sighs> I'm sure it was larger than life. It I mean, was, that was a big movie. really all that I thought was, wow, that was huge. And I didn't really get it. Right. Yeah. Well, it's not a kid's movie. No. <laughs> I love that you went to it anyway, though. Uh, do you know what your first R-rated movie was that you saw? I, you know, Tony told me this, and I never came up with one. <laughs> you can just make one up. Um, well, I remember seeing Butterfield 8, but they didn't have R-rates, 8 ratings back then. But that would have been... Probably, yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I thought it was pretty risque. Right. But I was very young. Right. Um, will you walk out of a bad movie? No. That's right. Rarely. I mean, I've done it with Tony because he's, like, dragging me. <laughs> we even did it with some friends out of a screening. Now, that, for me, was, like, absolutely a no-no. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like an industry screening? Yes, uh -huh. yes, it was. And they were so, you know, hated the movie so much. I was sort of enjoying it. What movie was that? Emma. Oh, sure. The Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. Emma? Uh -huh. Yeah, Um, They hated it, and we we left, and I was just, I mean, I was like probably apologizing as I was going. <laughs> it's just not something I can do comfortably. Anything that I right. think people will get hurt by or... Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. That's because uh, people, you know, they put everything they've got into these. Oh my gosh! Projects. When you realize how long it takes to make a movie, yeah. how um, how much it costs, how much love, and oh, it's just it's too much. It's like the least you can do is, is sit there for two yeah, hours and exactly right. <laughs> Although I saw a movie recently by myself that was pretty unbearable, I have to say, but maybe I shouldn't say what it was. Well, I guess I should because that's what we're doing here, right? Yeah, why not? The um the new Woody Allen one wheel Wonder Wheel Wonder Wheel I haven't seen that one yet not very good not very good well no. he's, when you make a movie a year you can be hit or miss yeah you know yeah he was the best filmmaker at one point but yeah as a director he seems to have gotten a little lazy with I think that's a lot though. A movie every year? Oh, it is. It's, it's undoable. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of a crazy thing yeah, to try to do. It is. Um, do you have guilty pleasure movies? Uh, Tony uh, didn't have any. But. He didn't, but you know, I have movies like uh, Private Benjamin. Oh, sure. Um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh huh. These are movies that if somebody said you want to go see, I would want to go see. It's not like I do go out a lot to see mm -hmm. old movies that I remember loving. Right. But 
but they would those kind of movies. Audrey Hepburn in anything, I would. Of course, yeah. And boy, Eileen Brennan, uh, who was in The Sting that we just talked about yeah. with uh, Tony and in Private Benjamin, she was so great. She was such an underrated actor, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, movie going one hundred and one. Um, what is your movie going ritual? Where do you like oh, to sit? Well, you heard Tony say, I like sitting, sitting in the front. I like sitting in the middle, and okay. he considers that too far. Oh, so, so you disagree on what middle front and back means? Yes. Okay. I think you, you want to sit in the middle of from front to back and from side to side. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you don't want to sit behind somebody who's very tall. Right. And I always have to have popcorn. I mean, a movie without popcorn is mm-hmm. just. I won't even bother to go. <laughs> butter? Salt? No butter. No, no butter. butter. Salt, but only the amount they put on, which is gotcha. often too much. But right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's wonderful. Um, thank you, Brooke. Thank you, Chuck. This is great. I hope so. Thanks for letting me hammer you with Days of Heaven questions. Sure. I My knew pleasure. Was, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, everybody, that is Waiting for Guffman in the can. I knew someone was going to pick it sooner or later, and uh, I thought it was great that that's what Brooke chose. It's always fun to kind of guess what people might be into, and uh, for reasons you don't know, because you don't know this person, you never know what they're going to pick. And uh, it turns out that Brooke picked uh, Waiting for Guffman because of her childhood growing up and her father being a director of community theater here in New York City. Uh, so it was really kind of cool. Love the story about her waking up in her bedroom to um, auditions happening because that's where the piano was. <laughs> it was really neat, her and her sister. So uh, it was a lot of fun to talk about that with Brooke. And uh, she was very sweet to let me uh, barrage her with questions about Days of Heaven. Uh, if you haven't seen Days of Heaven, boy, do yourself a favor and get it uh, today. One of the great, great movies of all time. So uh, thanks to Brooke Adams. Thanks to CDM Studios. And until next time, why don't you start your own community theater for a change? You're lazy. Do it. Movie Crush is produced, edited, engineered, and scored by Noel Brown from our podcast studio at Pond City Market, Atlanta, Georgia. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. 
From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.